episode 293. Cloak and Dagger, season 2, episode 5, Alignment Chart. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. My name is Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe with my friend and yours, Agent Samantha. Hello, friends. How are you? <laughs> and yeah, uh, I'm I'm fine. How are you? I am doing pretty good. Um, excited to talk about Cloak and Dagger. You know, it's kind of wanting to go back and see Endgame again. <laughs> Desperately for many reasons. <laughs> yeah, but there's the whole three hour time commitment and. Eh, I could work that out. That's the that's the biggest thing for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I will say this was kind of refreshing. Uh, just in its uh, not to say that it's simple, but this episode is fairly straightforward and it delivers some nice twists and some uh, moral quandaries. But it's not three hours in trying to wrap your mind around um, complex plot. We'll go with that. Okay. <laughs> um, we are not going to spoil Endgame. And we actually are not going to talk about feedback for Endgame in this episode. I'm still waiting to see if we can get a little bit more uh, to do a, a little bit longer thing with the feedback that we're getting. But uh, we have gotten some really good feedback from a couple different people about um, about elements of <laughs> Endgame. So um, that is the last I'm going to mention Endgame for this episode other than maybe jokes about how um you know where's the tie-in why where's the where's the cloak and dagger tie-in like aren't they gonna do an agent of shield um actually that's probably all i'll joke about it too so oh but speaking of tie-ins or possible tie-ins mm -hmm. do you want to talk about the news or do you or wait or news comes later now yeah correct? i mean we can mention it real quick here um okay and, and that's that uh, uh, Hulu has announced two new series that look to be MCU. Of course, we'll still be playing everyone's favorite game show. Is it MCU? Eventually with it, because you never know. But yeah, they are doing um, Hulu's doing Ghost Rider, the series. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever thought you'd say that out loud in the context of I'm telling the truth. Um but yeah, uh, Cloak and uh, not Cloak and Dagger, uh, Ghost Rider the series and Hellstrom the series. And Ghost Rider is uh, based on the character of Robbie Reyes from Agents of Shield, played by Gabriel Luna. And it is an official spinoff of Agents of Shield, although they are trying, trying, I think, to distance themselves a little bit from that to say it's brand new story, new location, that kind of thing. Uh, and then Hellstrom is based on the Marvel comic from the 70s, kind of that horror comic renaissance in the 70s, uh, where he was Hellstorm, son of Satan. And he is uh, Hellstrom in this. And his sister is Anna, uh, who's based on the character Satana. <laughs> and so, I mean, we're talking pure 70s horror occult stuff from Marvel and uh, yeah, they're making it into these two separate Hulu TV series. And I'm very curious, very, very curious. They say 2020 is the, the date on that. So there's that. I, I expect they'll probably do some crossover stuff between the two of them. Um, but being Hulu originals, they, we could get some runaway stuff. Yeah. Um, I read the article that you shared with us earlier, um, and, uh, it's taking place along the Texas U S border, which is not that far from Louisiana. So yeah, you're right. We could possibly have some crossover. Well, cloak and dagger is Louisiana. 
Runaways or, is, lo- is L.A. Oh, that's – I'm sorry. Here I am yet again mixing up Cloak and Dagger and Runaways. It's very easy which, to do. Yeah, because they're both shows about teenagers. Of course, Cloak and Dagger, um, they're something along the lines of 17, 18 years old. But they're both shows in the MCU about teenagers. Yeah, that's where I would expect. I mean, if there's going to be a, a Runaways uh, crossover, I would expect it to be with Cloak and Dagger. But that would be a little more difficult to do other than to bring in guest stars. It'd be very difficult to coordinate like a week where they cross over. Yeah. Unlike CW with their DC shows where they can just take their schedule and say, okay, and this week is the week where everybody crosses over with everybody. And Cloak and Dagger and Runaways... I mean, Runaways dumped all their episodes. They don't even, they didn't even do a weekly release thing this year. So, but I have a feeling um, a lot of contracting is uh, between Freeform and Hulu is very close um, because um, while Runaways is supposed to be exclusive to Hulu, um, they have aired on um, Freeform in the last season. Yeah. Well, so. and so Disney actually now is going to be 66% owner of Hulu, but they were 33% yes. owner of Hulu. They own Freeform. Freeform yes. used to be ABC Fran- Family, so Disney owns Freeform. And, I mean, who knows? Who knows? But uh, as far as uh, Ghost Rider and Hellstrom go, uh, I could definitely see, if not crossing over where it's like a two-part thing, part one is over in Ghost Rider and part two is over here in Hellstrom, at least characters showing up in each other's shows and maybe even using ghost rider as that soft pilot kind of thing where you first meet the Hellstrom character in ghost rider. And then when he starts his own series later on, um, you you're familiar with the character. You've met him before and then you get, maybe you get the origin stuff, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. It's I'm very curious. I'm very curious about this. Um, and the timing is interesting too. Um, in 2020, uh, Disney Plus will have been around for a couple months, and so uh, uh, Stuart was mentioning earlier on our Facebook thread where he was thinking, "I'm surprised it's not on Disney Plus." But no, this is the this is the dark corner. You know, this is where you're going to get maybe that TVMA kind of thing, um, that prestige television show. That's more for your HBO audience rather than your Disney Channel audience. So, I'm, yeah, I'm very curious. So now there's there's going to be seven series on Hulu that are Hulu original from Marvel. Um, Runaways, Hellstrom, Ghost Rider, and then there's the four animated series that are coming out with Howard the Duck, Tigra and Dazzler, Modoc. And I can't remember the fourth one. And then they all are going to be, um, they're doing the Netflix thing where they all team up, but it's not the defenders. It's the offenders. So <laughs> we'll see where that goes. Um, we'll probably cover it in some way, shape or form, but not episodic because it's not, I don't think it's going to be NCU on the animated stuff, okay. but but there is the Disney Plus animated series that we'll be covering episode by episode somehow with the what if. That'll be interesting. But, okay. But for now, Cloak and Dagger. Yeah. Alignment chart. So do you know what an alignment chart is? Vaguely. Um, <laughs> it's that meme that you've seen. Uh, I believe it comes out of uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, character alignments. Oh, but then okay. you'll see the uh, alignment chart. Well, they'll take uh, a, a cast of a television show like Golden Girls or um, Firefly Wait, or yeah, Firefly. I've or seen Star Firefly Wars. Um, or they'll just you know throw random, randomly connected people like um, an alignment chart of I don't know sentient snowmen. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> Uh, and you have your lawful good, your neutral good, your chaotic good, your lawful neutral, your true neutral, and your chaotic neutral, and then your lawful evil, your na- neutral evil, and your chaotic evil. It, it just classifies why you do what you do, you know? And so um, why do you do the good things you do? 
Is it because, you know, you're, you just can't help yourself that you want to do good stuff, but you do it in such a way that it's just completely chaotic. Like, I don't know, mayhem. Um, or are you doing the good stuff because it's the right thing to do? I have to do this. It's the right thing to do. So like Tyrone. Yeah. I would say Tyrone is definitely, Hmm. What would he be? I, I think a, a lawful good. Lawful good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think he would be a lawful good. I'm not sure where Tandy would, would land. Um, I mean, maybe she'd be the chaotic good. I don't I don't know right now. I have not sat down to really figure out who is who on the alignment chart for this episode. But, um, yeah. So that's where that, that comes from. And if we were good podcasters, maybe we would have come ready with a chart of our own for this show, but okay. Yeah. Cause I did see a lot of setting up of, uh, who's good, who's bad. There's a lot of that discussion in this episode. Well, that's what I liked about this episode is that there was discussion about, um, your, your nature and can you change your nature? Uh, I mean, the framework for this is, it reminded me of Star Trek Voyager. I don't know if you remember the, the episode, I think it's called, it's a two parter called Scorpion. And, like Voyager had to make a deal with the Borg so they could cross this section of space where there's another race that the Borg can't even handle themselves, you know, and or something like that. But Chakotay tells the story of the Scorpion and how the Scorpion uh, needed a ride to get across the river. And so, uh, I don't know, I think a frog or something let the Scorpion ride his back. And... And the scorpion's like, don't worry, I won't sting you because if I sting you, we both die. Then they get halfway across the river and the scorpion stings the frog. And the frog's like, why'd you do that? And the scorpion's like, I'm a scorpion. That's what I do. And so we have that kind of thing happen here. Only instead of just someone telling the story to make a point, like it was in Voyager. In this, it's Tandy telling the story with every act break. Every commercial break, she comes back. She's wearing her ballerina outfit. She's got this real soft white lighting on her. And it's kind of, um, uh, I don't know, Fantasia type feel, uh, a fairy tale type feel. And she's giving a toast uh, to someone. But she tells the story of the viper and the farmer. And basically, it's about a farmer who needs to get some wood, goes outside, and in the wood pile, there's a viper. But the viper doesn't bite him because it's cold. So the farmer takes the viper inside. There's still a little bit of a fire inside so the viper can warm up. He goes back outside to get some more wood, comes back in, and the viper bites him. And that's the basic the basic story there. And it's Tandy telling the story. But when we get to the end, we find out she's telling the story in her imagination about Tyrone, who's the farmer, who's going to get bit. Because... Well. The viper is the worst, and the farmer is the best of us, and Tyrone is the best of us. Yeah, and that's the moral of the story. Um, and there's the common belief in what the moral is, which is you can't change someone's nature. Uh, but the but for her, as far as the application of this episode goes, um, yeah, the farmer is the best of us, and the viper is the worst. Yeah, well, and yeah, so you have the viper, and she's talking about, it feels like... It gets a little messy in this episode. This this framework almost doesn't work um, because it feels like she's just talking about how, yeah, the nature of the viper. And she actually says a viper is always a viper, but the viper is not the hero. In other words, the story is not about the viper. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about the farmer who goes ahead and helps the viper even though the viper bites him. So the farmer has done the right thing. The farmer has done good even though it resulted in bad for him because the Viper chose to do the bad thing, chose to kill him. And, and that's, that's actually a a really good moral, you know, doing the right thing. um, Even in the face of someone who might take advantage of you and even harm you, or in the case of the Viper, even kill you because you chose to do the right thing anyway. Mm. And, that's that's a hard lesson because most people, I think, would feel very comfortable saying, no, you don't help the person who's a bad person. You just let them suffer and you let them die. And good, decrease the surplus population of bad people. 
you know, so let's just go ahead and let him die. And, uh, and, and this is the opposite of that, which is to show kindness, to show love to everyone, um, not just your allies, not just your friends, but, but to everyone, even, even the viper that he could have very easily killed because it couldn't move. It's cold blooded. It's stuck. It's in the outside in the cold. And, and when he puts it inside and it warms up, that gives the viper the strength to be able to move around and, Mm -hmm. and do the attack. So that kind of reminds me of the, the Cherokee story about the, um, the two wolves that we have inside of each of us, but it's a little bit of a different moral. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you want me to go ahead and tell you? Yeah, go ahead. I, I, Um, I know, I know what you're talking about, but go ahead. Yeah. I believe it begins with, um, a young man feels a lot of inner conflict with himself. So he goes and he talks to his grandfather about it one day. And the grandfather says, well, each inside each of us, um, there are two wolves, uh, one light and one dark. And uh, they're always in constant, constantly fighting in each side of, a, of every single one of us. Um, and the, the young man says to his grandfather, well, which one is going to win this fight? And the grandfather says, the one that you feed the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and all of these stories, I mean, they're, they're not quite simplistic, but they're close to simplistic, mm-hmm. you know. And with, with Tandy's story, the implication could be taken that the Viper is Connor's. Mm-hmm. You know, because Connors is trying to change his nature or seems to be. But then it looks like maybe he's not because he gave information that was bad information, which we'll talk about whether that was a lie or not. But that moment where uh, the Viper does the bite, uh, that's act four. And that's also concurrent with um, Ty not being able to get the file that he needs. And so the implication is Connors is the Viper. He's not going to change. And when you turn your back, you've trusted him. He's going to harm you. But in act five, Connors is still going along with it, you know? And I almost wonder if as Tandy's telling the story, she's telling a story about Tyrone, the farmer and the Viper is Tandy. Hmm. I think that's what she's saying in her dream because this is a dream state. You know, she's indicting herself in her dream state. Now, she may not be as bad as the Viper is in the story in real life, but I think maybe in her mind after this episode, she feels like she is. I'm wondering if that's how it can be seen um, at the end of the season, Um, because there's also a parallel going on um, between Connors and uh, Leah, the woman that that Tandy is talking to mm-hmm. um, because at first we think, Oh, Connors is, is playing some sort of trick on Ty to get him in trouble and to get him arrested somehow. Um, and Leah's trying to be helpful and encouraging, uh, trying to help um, Tandy get away from this quote unquote abusive relationship. Um, and then at the end of, of the episode, our perception of uh, Connors and and Leah are flipped. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Connors uh, Leah, turns out to be exactly who he said he was, or seems to be exactly who he says he is. But Leah, Leah has a taser and an ambulance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean, we're kind of jumping all over the place, but this story, the story here is pretty simple, and that's that. Tyrone and Tandy are arguing with each other. They are not working together very well. And so they kind of go their separate ways. They do come back together toward the end of the episode, but that's really when they come back together toward the end of the episode is that Viper bite, I think, where Tandy does something that she shouldn't have done. But um, they're not working together. They shouldn't be working alone. Uh, Tyrone is trying to figure out what to do with Connors. Connors has gone and got evidence to give to Tyrone. Like this whole episode is just Connors trying to convince Tyrone. Yes, I want to turn myself in. 
yes, I want to help you get exonerated. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I'll be able to, but I want to. Uh, my uncle is just too powerful. Even if I change my ways, my uncle still might be able to get me out of this, even if I'm pleading guilty. <laughs> he, mm. he might still get me out of this. And so then they they hatch this heist where Connors gives information to Tyrone to go and get this file that has um, all sorts of interesting um, bad stuff about uh, the the uncle. Um, the uncle's name is Asa Henderson. Henderson, and uh, he's a very powerful man, and he you know has politicians wrapped around his fingers, kind of thing. Uh, but this file would would uh, indict them. And, and shed light on, on their bad doings. And so it's not there. And Tyrone thinks he's been betrayed. But as he is lashing out against Connors, he realizes, I think he's telling the truth. As he lashes out against him, they go into Connors' subconsciousness. And, and Tyrone realizes he actually wants to do this. He actually wants to turn himself in. So he takes Connors to his mother. Um, who can help with that legal side of things. Uh, the first place he goes is to his father. And so that's also very interesting is that while in this episode, he and Tandy aren't working together, Tyrone is not working alone. Bridget helps him with a fake bomb scare and goes in and uses her credentials as a police officer, her badge, um, and is able to help him get into the building where he needs to get into so that he can steal the file. Um, Dad helps him. Uh, just to kind of sort things through. And and then he goes to mom. Like, it's great what he's doing. He is he knows I cannot do this alone. And I should not yeah. do this alone. Um so that's that's Tyrone. I guess we should park there a little bit and talk about what, what's going on with Tyrone and Connors, though. Yeah. Um, who again, Connors is supposed to be the Viper. We're supposed to not trust him because he is a bad man before he goes into the cloak. But the cloak is scary. <laughs> well, think about what the, he, what what we found when we went into the cloak last episode. We met, we went to the crossroads and met the figure that is Saint Peter and all of these mm-hmm. sort of crossroads, sort of spirits or, or figures. Um, so he's basically had a mirror held up to his face, and he's seen what he's done, and now he wants to make it right. Yeah. And I got to say, I love this turn. I did not expect this at all. No one expected it. Uh, Least of all, Tyrone, you know, but um, he is hoping that just Connor's being alive is going to help him to get off uh, the murder rap, you know, And, and if I can find him and I can turn him in and blah, 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 and this and this. Instead, he actually finds Connor, Connor's with a uh, hacksaw that has Connor's DNA on it that he used to cut the pipe that he used to hit someone with, you know, and he, he actually gives him the gun and he, it's all this stuff. And, and he's, he is working hard to turn himself in and yeah. What's the catch? That's what everyone's asking myself included, but by the end of the episode, I don't think there is a catch. I really do think Connors has turned and he, there's an interesting moment in in the middle there where Connors says, I know I can't do anything to make it up, but I can do my best. You know, like he knows he can't, I mean, he took their, their, their son. He took Tyrone's brother. He can't replace Tyrone's brother, but he can do what he can do now. And you know, I, boy, if, if everyone would be like that, what a world we would live in. If everyone would try and do what I can do now to make up for the wrong that I've done. Um, what a world. Yeah. Uh, I mean, everything would be different if, if well, people, if, if people could be more honest. Um, I know sometimes things happen where you you can't, um, there is no way to possibly change it or really realistically make it better, but to do what you can, um, sometimes that is the hardest thing to do is to do your best right. in light of a really bad situation. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it requires um, humility. Yes. And, and that's what he's showing here is, is there's a measure of humility happening here. And there's a measure of um, repentance happening here. And there's a measure of um, really just wanting to turn his life around. And, and so part of that, I mean, I shouldn't say part of that. A lot of that resounds with me as I'm watching it happen. You know, we've talked about this stuff uh, with other characters in the MCU, like uh, Ward. And I'm, I'm being reminded of those conversations watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with my kids. I'm revisiting and reliving this whole time where, you know, Ward did some terrible evil stuff. And then we're asking ourselves, well, what could he do to find redemption? Nothing. Nothing. You know, he, he can't. And then he doesn't. You know, he doesn't seek out redemption either. But uh, so the, that question is just popping up again and then again and again. And here we have a guy who you're right. You can't make up for it. And you cannot, you know, do anything that's going to bring back anyone. But this is this is a, a I don't know, a positive thing. And um, I I hope I'm not surprised next episode with him choosing. You know, it's it, it was a, it was a ruse all along. I I hope that's not the surprise. I hope it's not going to be this turn at the end where he's like, ah, now I'm getting revenge on you for what you did to me. Ha ha ha. Um, because I'm just I like the the sophisticated storytelling going on here, and it brings up this really interesting moral quandary of what do you do with someone who genuinely realizes what I did was evil, what I did was wrong, I wronged you because I was selfish and bad, and now I don't want to be selfish and bad anymore. And, and what do you do with that? You know. It reminds me of uh, the uh, – it's uh, one of the priests from one of the churches that was bombed over Easter uh, in Sri Lanka who went on record and, and just said, you know, this, this is a horrible thing that happened, but we forgive the man who did this. Like, what, how, how do you do that? Like, one day at a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and forgiveness yeah. is not easy. No, you no. know, and so that's what Tyrone is facing now is, yeah, he might get justice because that's whole conversation with his dad about what justice is. He may get justice, but will he be able to forgive? And and so that's a whole nother uh, character uh, ringer to go through, character gauntlet to go through is Tyrone. You know, can he forgive? Should he forgive? I mean, these are all great questions. Um, and I have my own answers for that, but the the show brings up some really, really cool um, things that, you know, I, I haven't seen on, on TV very much. Um, and also sometimes just because someone is facing judgment, um, sometimes that is a part of being forgiven. Um just because someone forgives somebody else for the wrong that they've done does not necessarily mean that they they shouldn't have to stand trial or or make some sort of bigger redemption than than being forgiven. Yeah. Yeah. Forgiveness doesn't wipe out natural consequences. You know, yes. I mean that's that's one thing is just there's there are physical and natural consequences that come out of certain things. For example, um, Connor's being forgiven is not going to bring back any any of the lives lost. Yeah, you know, and but he's recognizing that, and so I, I find this really interesting, and it, and it just I find it really really interesting. Also mm -hmm. interesting, uh, Tyrone's father is um, putting together another cloak. <laughs> yeah. And he's sitting with uh, his friend Choo Choo, and they're talking about target pillows, yeah. like the decorative <laughs> ones, which that was hilarious. It was. It was. It was yeah. a nice, natural moment, you know, and, and yeah. peaceful moment interrupted by Tyrone. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it, it, it was a nice, quick shorthand show. These are really close friends. Yeah. Uh, but his dad helps him, helps him walk through 
you know, just what he's feeling and what he's thinking. And it's good. It's good. Yeah. I noticed the uh, scene where, um, Ty is actually there's a few or a couple different scenes. There might be a third. Um, I didn't catch on until um, Tyrone brought Connors to see his dad and Choo Choo. Um, and Connors is explaining what happened and what he had done. Um, that's also intercut with um, uh, Tandy talking with Leah. Mm, and yeah. talking and Leah talking about her experiences uh, with her ex-boyfriend. So um, one person is telling the truth and the other person is lying. It's just on first watch, um, your first impression. You think you think uh, what we're s- supposed to uh, perceive from the show is actually the exact opposite that we should be perceiving. Yeah, and that's what's good about this episode is. Mm-hmm. Um, while I don't think that the frame story works well, uh, and that's just because it, it's not a perfect representation of, of what's going on, I think is, you know, thematically other than, and although if Tandy is considering herself as the Viper, then then maybe it works better than I'm thinking. Um, but I mean, the Tandy story is really interesting too, because first of all, Tandy's really angry at her mother. Because her mother's been drinking, which yeah. that's not good. Her mother had a night of drinking and dancing and she and met a doctor, you know, and it's a doctor. And um, why not a plumber, mom? You know, why does it have to be a doctor? Because you need the money. You need the, him to be able to give you the stuff, just like dad. And, and, and then they get back to the same old argument of why didn't you just leave dad? And she keeps coming back to this very black and white uh, statement about leaving someone who hurts you isn't hard. You just leave. You just do it. And she said this a number of times in this series. And the truth is, for the person who's in that abusive relationship, it isn't that easy. Uh, oh, for some, to the choir here. <laughs> yeah, for, for some, it becomes yeah. that easy, maybe. Um, but it's not. But what's interesting is she says to her mom, leaving someone who hurts you isn't hard. You just leave. And then what does Tandy do? Turns around and leaves. And I'm just thinking, okay, there's a connection there. Her mother may not have actually abused Tandy, but there is, I think, some forgiveness that needs to happen there and mm-hmm. and some acknowledgement of wrongdoing that needs to happen there. Because Tandy's mother keeps making excuses. I didn't because, um, and they made me true. You know, I didn't because I wanted to protect you. And I didn't want you to know what was going on. And I didn't this and this and this. But Tandy's mom just needs to also say, and it was wrong. And again, she just like Connors, you can't make up for it. You can't fix those years. They've happened. They're there. You know, but to move on, there needs to be a good, frank conversation where they aren't just pretending to be happy and cooking in the kitchen and, you know, talking about what's a pinch. Um, And it can't just be the judgmental things that Tandy is saying, because all that stuff that Tandy has said to people in the past, you know, like that girl, um, Michaela, whatever her name was, I mean, she's really saying about her mom (laughs) and And she's getting angry because she's seeing this girl who was doing the same thing her mom was doing. Um, But I did find that really interesting. You just leave and then she turns around and walks out the door. I think you're right that I think in this framing story, uh, the um, Ty is the farmer and Tandy is the Viper because Ty is where the people that he is closest to his parents, um, Specifically, and with Connor, with discovering Connors and Connors um, wanting, seeking forgiveness, um, Ty is sort of like gathering them to him. Where Tandy is pushing the people that she is closest to away, she's pushing away her her mother, and then later in the episode, she's pushing away Ty. Yeah, and where Ty is going and asking for help, Tandy, the help that she's getting, she's using people to get that help. So she's yes. going to this Leah person 
who has the story and and you know the story turns out to be probably not true or one of those things where most of the early stuff she's talking about how it just kind of happened over time is true but now i mean she's in it you know and she's not morally conflicted like she made herself sound to be in the in her story um but tandy thinks that she is tricking leah to help her because she calls in tyrone and Tyrone comes and, and Tandy says, Hey, you know, I just need you to come and you're my, uh, you're my, you're my, my abusive boyfriend. And, you know, so I just need you to come here so Leah can see you and, and then Leah will help me. And, and Tyrone is understandably and realistically upset. Like this is, yeah, dude, you should be upset, my friend, because she is not treating you well she is getting help from you by using him and um it's bad i wonder if she had somehow like contacted him before and and asked him if he would have gone along with it but mm. she didn't do that she just called him there and then said hey can do this for me because she knew that that would work to just call come i need to talk to you you know, that would work. 100% that's going to work. Asking him to come and do the thing, 60% that it would work. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> the sure thing was the trick. And so she's she thinks she's tricking Leah. She does trick Tyrone. She pushes uh, mom completely away. and And so now... You know, she's on her own and she goes into the what they call it, the grow house alone and has a fight scene alone and handles herself mostly alone. She comes out on top against four guys. Uh, good job. Um, but then uh, it's all of them are fighting blind because she got pepper spray in her eyes. And she blinds them with actual light. And so they're all fighting blindly, but she gets no answers. And I was really like, oh, man, all that. And she gets no answers. Um, but then she gets some answers when she goes outside and Leah's there. With some uh, silly excuse about, I thought you might try something. And then she gets tased and picked up by ambulance. <laughs> Did you notice in the framing story as Tandy is telling the story that um, there were these flashes of red and then a flash of blue and then a flash of red? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And then we find out at the end of the episode that's actually the the ambulance lights mm -hmm. um, bleeding into her dream. And that this this framing story really is just a dream inside of her head. And it's like this idealized world where yeah. her parents are there and and the nice and they're loving and Tyrone her and Tyrone's family is, is there. there. Yeah, her dad is there and he's happy and everyone's happy around him. Tyrone's a police officer and like it's just this idealized world that doesn't exist. Although what's interesting about that is these other girls who were in the ambulance have no hope. They've been stripped of all hope, but that's a hopeful future. Yeah. For Tandy. Hmm. Okay. So maybe she was using her own powers on herself because she was drugged up or she was under whatever. I don't know if it would, was an injection or there was something in the gas that they were giving her. Yeah. Cause they put a, a oxygen mask over her mouth. Right. But what's in that oxygen? Right. And, th and th that's what I'm saying is um, you might be right about poison in the in the gas, maybe. And because of that, so maybe somehow her powers are that power to see someone's hope is bouncing back on herself. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I mean, that there's something more than just, I think, drugs going on with the ambulance stuff. I think that that lack of hope and that blackness that uh, Tandy visits when she touches them. Um, 
that suggests to me that there's some sort of more, uh, I don't know, supernatural uh, explanation there. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I, I just feel like we, we got another just fantastic um, episode here. Uh, and the more I think about it with that Viper farmer thing, where it's like, ah, it doesn't really work as well, especially since Connors isn't really a Viper. Well, it doesn't work because Connors isn't the Viper. It's, I think it's Tandy. And okay. Now I put Tandy in the Viper seat and, it works really, really well. She's indicting herself. She's she's acknowledging that she did something wrong, and that she, and in some ways, there's a little bit of a lack of hope there, where a viper can't change. I'm a viper. I can't change. Um, and she's wrong. I believe everyone can change. By the way, I mean that's that's my worldview is based on everyone can change. <laughs> like that's a big part of of the way I see the world, but. Um, yeah, I I like this. Uh, the other thing I really, really liked is they're sticking with doing awesome covers of mostly awesome songs. The yeah. Hit Me Baby One More Time, I wouldn't call an awesome song, but boy, what I call that cover from last episode, awesome. But they do uh, Tears for Fears, Shout. Um, and I did, I looked it up this time. Uh, it's It's by... <laughs> I looked it up, but I can't say it. Z- Zaid Wolf or Wolf. I-, I think it's meant to be like a German name featuring Ivesley. Ives- Ivesy. Good grief. Anyway, it was really good. Okay. I <laughs> am looking this up. It's, uh, I found a website called TuneFind. And you can look up soundtracks by episodes. And, and so there's Shout featuring Ivesy. By Zadie Wolf. Okay. <laughs> I'll have to look that up later. Okay. Yeah, great, great website. I don't know if this is what yeah. Stuart uses, but I feel like this might end up needing to be a tab that I just leave open all the time. Okay. But. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I want to do that too, because sometimes I hear a song um, in like a movie or a TV show, and I'm like, man, I wish I knew who was, who was playing that, because that's a really good cover. Yeah, well, this has all of the, I mean, it looks like it has all the songs that would have been in the episode. You've got a list of one, two, three, four, five, six songs. Um, looks like a handful of them you can play. It gives links. Yeah, links to where you can get it on Amazon. Um, Spotify. Unfortunately, Shout the Shout cover is not on Spotify based on this website. What's the name of this website again? Tune Find. T-U-N-E, though. Yeah, so tune like music. I think I actually stumbled on this website a long time ago with Inhumans when I was looking to see who was doing those covers um, for some of the songs that they did. Okay, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start using this website. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I'm loving the Connor stuff. The Leah stuff, I hated, but for the right reasons, <laughs> because... I felt betrayed by the episode and the episode did well betraying me by having Leah betray Tandy. Uh, Great, great moment. So I hated it, but I hated it for the right reason. Um, I guess the only other thing we haven't talked about much is, is Bridget and mayhem. Mayhem is not in this episode, but Bridget goes to mayhem's apartment and looks through it and finds Fuchs's obituary and finds a bunch of guns. (laughs) And, um, what do you think happened with the so-called file in the uh, fake wine bottle? So I think Connors is telling the truth. I don't mm-hmm. think Connors was lying when he said it was there and it's supposed to be there. I don't know why Uncle – is it Asa? It's, it's spelled A-S-A, and I know a person named Asa who spells their name like that. I think um, it's Asa. But, yeah. So Uncle – Asa, um, I think took it out for one reason or another. I, I don't know why. I think it may be connected to the fact that Connors disappeared, what, eight, nine months earlier. Uh, and that may, and because Connors knows where this is located, he, Asa may have moved it elsewhere just mm. for safety's sake. Yeah. Being proactive. Yes. Uh, Andre, the guy that works at the shelter. 
Yes. Do you think he's connected somehow to these uh, to Leah um, actively helping to uh, to find girls to kidnap? I really hope not. But okay, so now that you ask that, I hadn't really thought about it. Um, someone did mention a possibility of uh, of him being bad in one of our feedbacks at some point. Um, but now, boy, the way he just is like, yeah, I can't help you. I can't help you. Who can? And he points to Leah. That could be him. Yeah. Sending her to Leah so that Leah can get her. Maybe, maybe not. not. I mean, she may be using him. Right. Yeah, so because she's there for quote unquote help, you know, and and she's you know gotten out of this bad situation with Eric, according to her. But um, yeah, I uh, at this point, I could go either way. I could go either way. Yeah. And actually, I have one more thing. Um. So early in the episode, Tyrone uses gunpowder to create one one of those conjure symbols. Yeah, that and then was he a really lights cool it on scene. fire, and then yeah, and that's how he he connects with Connors because he does this, I guess, a summoning sort of spell. And, well, or ascending, like he says, "I yeah. want to, I want to go to the man who killed my brother," or something like that. Yeah, and it sends him to Connors. Yeah. Um. So in earlier in this in this season we saw somebody create a similar symbol um out of cocaine. Have we seen any any other signs like this? Well Tyrone has done one in the and again, I I can't remember what he used. I think he used chalk. Chalk. Okay. Um but I, I loved him. I was like, what is going on right now? He's getting all the guns out, and then he's getting all the clips out, and then he's getting all the bullets out, and then he opens one of the bullets. And the next thing you know, he's got just this pile of gunpowder. He's got it in his hand, and he's just using it to make the symbol. And um, that was a, another neat, very, very cool sequence, very neat scene. Yeah. That's a lot of work to get all that gunpowder because there's it, really not that much in a bullet. It was. <laughs> but you want to know something? I've done this before. Not the conjuring thing. Um, we filled a box with gunpowder uh, it was at a camp that I worked at and we had these boxes that were given to the camp by some company that had like M&Ms on it. And um, it was just these cardboard boxes and we're like, we can use them for crafts, you know, because this is a summer camp. And so, you know, we figured out crafts we could use them for. And we also used them for putting stuff in for the counselors. And um, everyone hated those boxes. They just hated them because they were awkward. They had a handle, but they weren't. And so for our final counselor banquet send off, we made some special videos. And uh, one of the videos was just um, we filled it with uh, gunpowder and did a trail of gunpowder to the box and uh-huh. and then lit the trail just like you'd see in a cartoon. And it worked. It just went right into the box. And then the the flash was amazing. It was so cool. I'm not sure how dangerous it was, um, but it was really cool. <laughs> Sounds like it could have been dangerous. (laughs) Well, looking back on it, I'm wondering. But I was doing it with my friend Eric, who, um, I mean, the guy knew knew his stuff. And um, he's the kind of guy that you would – I'm glad I wasn't in college with him because we would have gotten in a lot of trouble together. (laughs) Um, I got enough trouble as it was with the friends that I was with. But with this guy – and when I say I got in trouble, I did. But it's the good kind of trouble. You know, we weren't weren't bad. We weren't malicious. But – and, and so Eric wasn't Ben Avery either, has but. a past. Oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> Malicious or, or mischievous, mischievous past. Mischievous. And that's actually what the dean of students said in a, in a one-on-one meeting with me in his office was, you guys are not malicious. You're mischievous. And so I have to give you some consequences here, but I'm not angry with you. You guys are fun, you know, but you just can't break pipes like that. So anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which is uh, another example, a fine example of, you know, forgiving someone, but they still have to endure consequences. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. We've gone around full circle. Excellent. Yes. So um, anything else? You were talking about the, the gunpowder. You asked your question. Was that what you were what your notes were about? Yes. Okay. Uh, and I think that's the last note that we did not cover earlier. Okay. 
Yes. All right. Well, a lot quicker than our uh, Avengers Endgame oh, conversation. Oh, okay. At the very end. I'm sorry. I missed yeah, yeah. one more. Um, I'm wondering if Connors will be considered a hero figure later in the series. Because he's trying to make amends now. Well, if he's legitimately trying to make amends now, I already consider him kind of a hero. Um, kind of. It's That's really hard, too, though. Like, at what point do you say, okay, this person is now no longer a bad person? Yeah. Um, you know, because it is – it's hard to forgive. It is hard to forgive. And I'm, I'm watching this as a viewer and saying, oh, Connor is doing the right thing. Yay. But then you have – you know, if you're thinking about the actual family that he did this to, Tyrone's family. Um, yeah, I mean, the only reason they're actually wanting to work with him is because it might help their son, I think. And yeah, I I, I think that there's going to be something heroic-ish coming out of it. If yeah. not, he's a legit hero, so... Oh, and another character in the MCU who has gone through that process, Bucky. Yes. Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yes. Although there's mind control involved in that, so it's a little little easier yeah. to forgive. Yeah, but um, Tony Stark didn't take it so easy. No, and, and Bucky didn't either. I mean, oh. he, he wanted he, to be put back under at the end of Winter Soldier, if you remember. Yeah. 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 All right, I've got one uh, bit of feedback, and that okay. is from Agent Hank, and he's uh, subject line is Marvel's Cloak and Dagger Season 2, Episode 5. He says, <clears throat> so, roughly 10 to 15 minutes in, I actually said out loud, I didn't see that coming. I don't think anyone really thought that eight months in the cloak dimension would have the effect on Connors that it appears to have had. No one would blame Ty for not believing in Connors' apparent conversion. As a black youth accused of killing a cop in New Orleans, it would be very easy to see this as a setup. As the audience has been in the cloak dimension with Tandy and Mayhem, we can suspect that there may have may be some truth to Connor's claim, but we cannot be sure at this moment. Later, Tandy uses Ty to stage a scene so she can cozy up to the leader of her support group and learn more about the human trafficking ring. Ty calls out Tandy for using him as her, quote, black friend to play her, quote, abusive boyfriend or her quote dealer he says dealer but i think actually uh tyrone this is me interrupting the email now i think actually tyrone called it um said abusive boyfriend or pimp but anyway uh, even tandy's protest that ty is her best friend not her black friend sounds hollow he storms off giving tandy an emotional scene that clinches her connection with the support group leader but i think it is no act ty's statement the way you've been acting maybe i don't need you at all cuts her deeply her tears are real and ty has genuinely hurt her i'm glad that the series takes care to point out that people do change all the time unforgiveness cripples the injured party more than the villain and becomes a prison locking the injured party away preventing them from moving forward i had a sinking feeling when the group leader connected with tandy that she might be somehow involved with the trafficking ring she was in a perfect position to identify girls whom no one would miss i was hoping i was wrong the final scene of tandy and the ambulance drugged up perfectly ties up the framing uh, story of the farmer and the viper the images were confusing at first tandy's in a white dress telling the story seemingly giving a toast to ty but then everyone is there ty is a cop and tandy's dad is alive and all is apparently right with the world but then we learn that this is a drug-fueled dream sequence but the moral of the story is powerful it is not, at first glance, a story that a person's nature cannot change, but that we have both natures at work within us, and we often give in to the viperous nature within us, leading to our destruction. The last revelation fits perfectly with the overall theme of the duality within people, the light-dark, the good-evil dichotomy. This season is leaning into this exploration hard, and I am loving it. I am glad that the writers are tackling tough issues like domestic violence and human trafficking and giving them the gravitas they deserve. The DC shows on CW are fun, but they really don't say much. This series has you thinking long after the credits roll. Next week's promised spoiler, spoiler, will certainly be full of twists and turns, and there is no guarantee that there will not be any cause for concern for the safety of our main characters. We shall see. And the only reason I said spoiler, spoiler is because I don't see the um, the uh, the next week on kind of teaser. And so I don't know if that was something from the teaser, if that was just something that um, Hank was inferring from the plot. But I went ahead and played it safer on that. So Yeah. 
Especially since we haven't seen that episode. And uh, sometimes those uh, teaser trailers can be misleading. They they can be, but they can also, you know, definitely. I mean, <laughs> there's some there's some stuff about the upcoming Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season that I wish I didn't know from watching the teaser. Ah. Uh. I think I know what you're talking about. Well, it's very big. One of the, it's the big revelation that they showed in the teaser where I'm just like, that's so cool. And I wish I could have experienced it without seeing this, but I didn't. So it's so cool, but I wish. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And it actually spoiled it also on cast photos and stuff like that, too. So, yeah, yeah one way or another, I was going to find out. Well, we're going to find out soon because today is May 1st and the season premiere for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season 6 is May 10. I know. I know. So it won't be much longer before we're talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. again. <laughs> and I'm excited. Yeah. I, I can't wait. And how, is this, and how is Endgame going to affect the season? Just, stop, stop, stop. Uh, that could be post-credit. We could talk about that quickly. Uh, Okay, okay. Um, but no, we can't because that's also a spoiler that I read about that I was wishing I hadn't read. Oh, okay. Then so, we'll talk um, about it after the season premiere for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. How about that? I think our post credit is going to be our blooper from the beginning of the episode anyway. <laughs> so. Okay. That's it. Anything more to say there, uh, Samantha? Um. I was, uh, yes, thank you everyone for listening and th a special thank you to Andrew Jeffrey Tassel 084 and my favorite nickname, Blessed Cheesemaker. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. We really appreciate it. And we also really appreciate um, the feedback people send in and the voicemails. Please send in more if you are. Um, if you have some thoughts about Endgame, especially after listening to our episode, there's already been a couple people who've, who've wrote in some stuff and said, hey, I think you might have gotten this wrong. Um, they didn't say it like that. They were actually even nicer than that, which that wasn't too bad. But um, yeah, uh, so go ahead and please send us in your thoughts about Endgame and we're going to be putting together something soon with, with some feedback for that. And yeah. But other than that, man, this show, this season, these episodes are so good. They're so, so good. Just just some really good storytelling. And after all, who doesn't love a good story? Thanks once more for listening. You've heard us. Now we'd love to hear from you. Just go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback to contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 Also join the conversation by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcome to level seven, or by following us on Twitter where we are level seven pod. Thanks for joining us until next time. Godspeed. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. My name is Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here to talk about Cloak and Dagger with my friend, your friend, everybody's friend, Agent Samantha. Hello, everybody. I am your friend. <laughs> it's true. It's true. She's the kind of friend you want on your side. How are you doing, Samantha? Are you there? <laughs> because I can't hear you at all. <laughs> Uh, you there? Hello. Hi. Hey. Um, I'm not sure what's going on. I haven't. Had 
Yeah, it is cutting in and out. <sighs> so I when I turned on my laptop, I usually plug in my mic. The best part about this is you're explaining to me why your microphone couldn't could possibly not be working and it's cutting out so I can't hear you talk about it. Um I think I need to reboot my laptop. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll be back in a minute. All right. It's not 3 hours of trying to wrap your mind around and trying to Oh, shoot, that is a spoiler. Yes. It's not three hours in trying to wrap your mind around um, complex plot. We'll go with that. Okay. <laughs>